Hey everyone, it's Evan. I know it's been a while since you've heard from us, and uh, what can I say? Sometimes you have newborn twins and all of your time disappears. <laughs> it's crazy, I know. Uh, if you hadn't already guessed, QuickSave is on hiatus and will continue to be for a little while still. Scott and I are working on some new ideas for the show, and we want to tweak it so that it's the best version of itself that it can be. We'd love to get your feedback on things, so if you've got like five minutes to spare, please check out our quick survey at https bit.ly slash 3u0e capital X capital Y N, which, um, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and link that in the episode description. That's probably easier. While you're waiting for QuickSave to come back, I would really love to introduce a new podcast from Saving Content called .exe from Saving Content's own Ed Acosta and his brother, Eric Acosta. If you've listened all the way through to the email segment each week, chances are you're familiar with both of them. On their new show, they'll pick a topic to tackle each week, talk about the games they've been playing, and, you know, actually, it's it's not too dissimilar from how we do things here on QuickSave, but it's a different spin, because you've got two brothers. On their first episode, which you are about to hear, they talk about a lot of Pokemon, they talk about Rainbow Six Extraction, talk about Deep Rock Galactic, some other games that are dear to my heart. And they also tackle the big Microsoft Activision acquisition, which is great because I'm pretty sure Scott and I could fill like three hours on that subject without trying too hard. If you like what you hear, they'd really appreciate a subscribe from you. You can check them out at anchor.fm .exe or wherever fine podcasts are offered. And with that, here's the very first episode of .exe. Saving Content Zone at Acosta, and welcome to .exe, a saving content podcast. It's Tuesday, January 25th, 2022, and you're listening to episode number one. I'll be your host for this brand new podcasting adventure, and along for the ride is my co-host and sibling, Eric Acosta. Hello, that is me, the brother. So... As I mentioned earlier, you've tuned your ears into Saving Content's newest podcast, .exe. Here, we'll talk a little bit about us, and we'll share our experiences in gaming. Then, as the meat and potatoes of the podcast here, we'll dive right into a topic of discussion for the week. All right, so before we get into our catch-up, our what-have-we-been-playing type of thing, uh, maybe we should explain the name a bit. So... The name, you know what, Eric, you tell us a little bit about the name, because this was something that uh, you, you kind of kicked up a little bit. Yeah, so I uh, was laying in bed night and trying to think of some podcast names, and uh, I was thinking of, you know, what's, what's kind of gaming slash computer old school, because that's really what we are, right? We're older school gaming, and I was thinking file extensions, .ex. .exe. Wait a minute. Okay. Hey, that's kind of nifty. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of dorky looking, kind of dorky saying. And uh, that was actually the first hey. one I came up with. And then... Uh, dorky I, saying for dorky guys. Well, that's it. <laughs> that's exactly how I figured. Uh, dorky saying for, for dorky guys. And uh, I and came up with what? a bunch. Well, what brought me to that one is I saw the EXE and right away I just initially thought EXE. Ed cross Eric. It just works. It's both of us. Oh, yeah. Like and it's funny you, you had mentioned that. And uh, first thing when I said to my family about .exe as a podcast name, uh, my my middle daughter goes, oh, Ed and Eric. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I, I didn't did not register at all yeah. until you had mentioned it. <laughs> okay, well, let's get this thing rolling so that you guys kind of get an idea of how this show is uh, structured. So let's start off with what have we been doing since the last time we recorded. By the way, we recorded a podcast zero, episode zero, but you probably won't hear that because the audio is kind of eh. Or maybe yeah. we'll release it later. Who knows? <laughs> so what have we doing since podcast zero that you guys didn't hear? Well, let me start with you, Eric. All right. Well, so what I've been doing, uh, 
gaming, as always. Uh, oh, I've been playing uh, Pokemon Fire Red emulator. Um, ah, the emulation of Fire. I had Fire Red on the GBA. Yes, you did. And I enjoyed it. It was. I had the. Uh, I had blue. But uh, I've been. Uh, I've been playing Fire Red, and my uh, my main goal there was is uh, still to get uh, every Pokemon in the game and get every one of them to a level 100. So that's... that's <laughs> that is insane. That's an insane goal. It, now, it is an easier goal with in, an emulator. Yes, because you can you can adjust and cheat and do things. <laughs> well, um, I, I can adjust speed. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm speeding up. Um, so when I'm walking and, and fighting, uh-huh. and the Fire Red emulator also has, because it's not the original game, it is that the remake... Um, at the mm-hmm. what Gen three or, or four or something, so yeah. it had the yeah. um, the um, train the versus seeker. Oh right, right. So that you can go find trainers. Yes, right. I can refight trainers. Yep. So I've been doing that. So that does make it significantly easier than the original, the original games. Um, it's still a slog. <laughs> so in uh, Fire Red, I believe you you get a national dex so that you can find. Uh, Pokemon from Gen 2 and 3 in the game as well, or at least trade them over. Are Correct. you are you doing 100 for the National decks or just the Kanto decks? Uh, I'm starting with just the Kanto. And then when all those become 100, then I will slog over to the National. And uh, that's probably going to take a while. <laughs> You're nuts. Uh, well, I'm I've been playing your nuts. Oh, I can't tell you how many hours, but I, I can definitely say I've been doing it for at least two months right now. And I've got 18 of them, 18, 16 or 18. I can't remember, uh, to a hundred right now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's too much. I can't No, I, <laughs> I enjoy, I enjoy playing Pokemon. I've been playing brilliant diamond and just beat the elite four. So that then that was a whole process, uh, we, we were actually uh, on a Discord call, and I was racing uh, uh, my sister-in-law, uh, Eric's <laughs> wife, uh, to beat the Elite Four, because we were doing it at the same time, just coincidentally. So uh, she won, by the way. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> it was close, though. She she almost didn't. <laughs> same here. Uh <laughs> That Garchomp was tearing through all my revives and potions. So, oh yeah, um, hers was, was the something else. The Melotic and the Garchomp. Yeah, yeah. That was uh that was that was a uh, an intense intense setup. Um, other other things I've been playing a little more non old school. Uh, we've been mm-hmm. we played a, a little bit of Rainbow Six Extraction. Um, yeah, with, we... uh, Abdul. Yeah, Abdul of uh, Saving Content fame as well uh, has done a few reviews on the site, uh, one of the early founders. Um, so we were we were trying to find something we can play multiplayer. Something that has, you know, a PvE aspect. Because, you know, you can only play so much Halo player versus player before you get frustrated. Or at least, I'll clarify before I get frustrated. Oh that, no, no, it's uh, it's everyone. Um, unless you are <laughs> super into it, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyone that's not super into it gets frustrated very quickly. Trust me. <laughs> so you know, Rainbow Six Extraction, brand new. It's on Game Pass. Give it a try. There's no there's no downside to just downloading it and trying it out. Right. Uh, and it's player versus everyone. You know, PVE. That's that's the type of multiplayer I really enjoy because I'd rather work as a team. Then work as a team fighting another team working as a team. <laughs> right, exactly. So Extraction is, if you've ever played Siege, it's kind of like that, except it's, again, player versus everyone. You're not facing another team of, uh, another squad of people. You're actually fighting these aliens. And I was never really that into Siege. So, you know, I didn't have much... Uh, high hopes going into extraction just because I knew how siege played and I don't, I wasn't quite sure. Uh, I can, yeah, there was I an can, expectation in there that I think we both had. I, yeah. And, and I can say uh, wholeheartedly that I don't think this game is for me. Uh, 
when Scott had asked me uh, the other day if I actually liked it, you know, because I, I, we said we were playing it, me and Abdul were playing it, and he's like, well, did, did you like it? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Because <laughs> the game, I can see the things that the game does or could do well, and it would be things that would really, you know, hit me. Uh, really well so you know it's the the stealth aspect Ooh, i like stealth uh it's the co-op uh, nature of it being as a team got to work together and it's not zombies uh, granted they're aliens that are it, kind of like zombies they're but, close you know yeah and it's wave based well uh, I, look it's not I, really wave based it's, not wave. yeah yeah it's uh Be- it's because uh, proximity or not proximity location based so like you know it, they yeah, spawn in the area or already there. Yeah, because they have these little uh, nests that pop up in the levels, and the nests will keep pumping out uh, enemies. If if you're spotted, they will pump them out at a quick pace, and they just yeah. keep coming. Uh, so the game is separated into three stages, and each stage has a, an objective you need to complete within a certain time period. Once you've completed the objective, you go to the uh, the safe next, room to yeah. go over into the next stage. Subzone, ideally, you call it. yeah, something like that. Uh, ideally, you want to make it through all three and then extract. Uh, but you can extract during each of those stages. So if you just finish the first one, go to the second one, and realize no, we can't do this. You can go and extra- extract and complete it, get the rewards, you know, from there. Uh, <laughs> we did not do that. We extracted once, twice. We yeah, saved so Abdul's we, character twice. <laughs> yeah, we saved Abdul's character twice. Uh, <laughs> the other four times, three times we played, we all died. <laughs> yes. So on easy, I should clarify. This is on easy. Aren't easy. So what does happen, though, uh, the reason we say saved Abdul's character is because uh, if if all if a, a character dies, they go into like a like a stasis in like in game or in lore. They go into like mm-hmm. a stasis and then they get, you know, held uh, by the uh, alien, the parasite yeah. or whatever. And then the next game you play, uh, your last goal is to to save that character so you can you can't use that character um mm-hmm. for the other games you play until you've saved them and i don't know if yeah. there's a cooldown we still haven't figured that out <laughs> if like you know we have not after... figured it out yeah if there's a cooldown and the other thing is well what happens if you lose all of them <laughs> yeah you just you're done playing uh ubisoft's like you know what you suck so uh Stop playing this game. Yeah. We're just going to take them off from you. You don't get to play. Yeah, I mean, we, we were joking. Uh, what? It was either they're going to have a cooldown and your first one is back in your roster or they're going to say, hey, we have this new operator you can buy for this much <laughs> money. <laughs> or, or, you know, you can always think of like, uh, hey, you can uh, you can um, contract out an operator uh, for X amount of money and someone else will come in and save one of your operators for you. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> That'd be very we extraction. Yeah. So you know, it just overall, I don't, I don't know if that game game is for me. I mean, we may, uh, we may try it again just to see what we can, what we can pull out of it. But I don't, I don't think that PVE is for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see where it goes though. Like, I could certainly see where it could be for me. Um. It's just as it is. I don't know. I have no, I guess, interest in it. It feels too much like Siege. It feels too much like Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. Yeah, and again, you know, the the, the way Siege plays, I just, it's not bad. It's just, I don't, I don't think I enjoy it. So instead of doing Extraction, you know, trying to find another game we could do co-op, uh, we looked at Deep Rock Galactic. And right now, Deep Rock Galactic is pretty much on everything. It's mm-hmm. on Game Pass. So, again, if you have Game Pass, there's no reason not to at least give it a try. Uh, it w- It is still 
the uh, PlayStation Plus game. This Correct. Month? Yep. Still uh, this month. It, yeah, it doesn't change till February. So you got day, a few days. We got a week, right? Week and a half. So uh, sure. <laughs> so again, you know, if you have PS Plus, go ahead and redeem it so that you have it in your library. But we tried that one, and I had played with a group beforehand, so I kind of went in knowing a little bit about it. So Deep Rock Galactic is also another PVE uh, objective-based sort of game. Uh, you have these dwarves, and you go digging down into the dirt, trying to find uh, different materials, different uh, metals or you know, um, irons or uh, minerals, I guess. Minerals, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And with that, they give you uh, objectives. So, you know, the one we did was find this many monkite? Mon- I, Malak- I forget what Malakite, it's called. Malachite, I think, or Ma- Morkite. Morkite. Morkite? Sure, that yeah, sounds right. <laughs> so it had to find this many of that. And... Once you find all that, then, you know, you've completed the mission. You got to go back to your ship. So as you're making your way down in the, I guess you could say cavern, uh, you're digging, you're going further down, you're finding different uh, caves and different openings, uh, chasms and all this other stuff. So depending on how far down you go means, uh, it's going to be that much harder for you to hike it back to your spaceship or drill ship or whatever it's called to head back to base and collect your rewards. <laughs> Which is exactly what happened to us. Yeah, and we dug down very far <laughs> and had to hoof it all the way back, barely made it back in time. Well, uh, some of that was because I didn't realize that when when you call the drop pod back, um, the bugs that attack you throughout the thing uh, mm-hmm. start attacking you more. So, like, I see oh, Ed yeah. running in front of me. He turns a corner, and all of a sudden, there's a big bug in front of me in the the, the tunnel is only yeah. as big as the bug. <laughs> I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, just trying to run away, not not worry about killing them all. It's just like, you know, you're in a panic. Just go, go, go. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's go now, go now. It's definitely a go, go, go situation. So what what did you think of Deep Rock Galactic? I actually I didn't mind it. I actually liked it. Uh, so when I first saw it a while ago, I saw it on some streams. I looked wa- watched it and I was like, mm, not I don't think that's for me. It's something about it just didn't it didn't hit me, right? Mm-hmm. When I played it, I was far more interested in it. Um I could I could continue it um with again with people. I don't think a single player run on that is worth worked a while no um, no but i certainly think it's it's fun it's i think one or you know you it's not lo- too long each round mm-hmm. so you can do like you know one or two rounds and it'd be what i think that took us like 30 minutes when we actually got in the game sure that. It, it felt like a 30 minute uh run yeah so, so for me i i can probably get into this but it's one of those I think I need to get my character leveled up or something just because the two classes that I've played so far, both weapons were they 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 struck me as like just I don't like it. Very lackluster. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the one character I think I was a scout or engineer. Uh, maybe you did it was engineer, engineer once and well, I think so you it said was you tried to scout once too. No, it was the engineer once, and then I was the gunner when oh, I was gunner. before you guys. Um, the engineer has a shotgun, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Uh, and then the gunner has this uh, just an automated whatever type of gun. I guess you could say it's an assault rifle, but I think he holds it like a Gatling gun. I don't remember. And that so- thing just is not accurate. Yeah, I picked that. I think I picked that one in the tutorial or something, or it was the one in the tutorial because I, I remember using that Gatling gun, and it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's that wind up kind of thing. It was it was weird. I don't like it. Yeah, it just I I think I would 
enjoy the game more once the weapons are better uh and then trying to figure out like what everything looks like so i can be aware of like oh i need to go find this so i know what it looks like i can just go find it i don't have to use my little radar thingy to highlight and be like is this it is this so now i I, I think after a few more yeah yeah See, I don't know if, like, initially when I first saw the game, because it, it was, like, in uh, a beta or early access, that was, like, oof, months ago. I was mm-hmm. pretty sure there was a timer on it at the beginning. Like, it was, like, it wasn't just, like, you get landed or drop down in the, the miner and then you go find. Like, you had you had a time limit because, you, you know, they only let you down for so long and then you can call the pod back or whatever because I vividly remember that in that, those let's plays that I saw. Um, I like that. That's not the case now. Yeah. I don't like having a, a time limit. Uh, so like extraction, each of those uh, stages, they're timed and boy, is that stressful? I think I would like extraction more if I had no stress for the time. If I could just go in there and we complete everything on our own pace, I think I would be much more open to playing more of that. Oh, yeah. Well, there's already an, more than enough stress in extraction as the gameplay. Yeah. Um, then time is not, I don't think that's a necessity. I think that should definitely be a like, hey, rank up. Do you want it, you know, harder level, harder difficulty, add time. Yeah, then make it timed. Not on your base level. Yeah. You know, where you're trying to get people to play and enjoy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to open it up <laughs> for the simples like I am. Mm-hmm. So we got into Gra- uh, Galactic. And playing both of those got me thinking, and I'm sure it got you thinking too, man, I really miss uh, the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. Yes. So, unfortunately, the Legendary Edition that they released last year doesn't have any multiplayer on it. But you know what does? Andromeda. Andromeda. Mass Effect's arguably best game in the series. So, (laughs) whether you like it or not, I I enjoyed Andromeda. I did too, Even with all its bugs and everything. Uh, It has the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer in it. It is basically the same thing. So we were all sitting around here and trying to find something to play after Galactic. And I'm going through the store trying to find, you know, something that that maybe we can all buy. Right. It was me. It was me, Ed, and a a mutual friend we had playing. Yeah, a mutual friend. Uh, We were all looking. I happened to stumble upon Andromeda. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've, I've got, you know, my disc copy here. We could all play. Oh, my gosh, it is on sale. So what a what a great what what great timing. Right. <laughs> I, and it, you know. it was one of those like, oh, it's on sale. And my immediate thought was, oh, it's probably like, you know, normally 30 bucks and it's on sale for like 20. And I was like, eh, yeah. see, and then I think our mutual friends looked at it. And was like, dude, it's ten dollars. Yeah, ten like, bucks is a good price. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm in. I'm down. I'm down ten bucks. Says my wife beat the master, uh, the legendary edition, and she mm-hmm. was kind of hinting at wanting to try out Andromeda. So I'm like, hey, you know what? She wants to she wants to probably play it or try it. Let's let's just go for it. <laughs> ten bucks. Why not? Exactly. So I installed my copy. Uh, Everybody else got theirs uh, downloaded and installed. We played a few matches, and boy, that that ha- that is that is exactly what I needed. It, oh yeah. Today, you know, I was I was doing uh, stuff outside the house, and all I could think about was I need to get home so I could play some more Mass Effect multiplayer. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, same same thing. And I am not uh, I'm not one to replay games. And uh, typically, if it's, you know, an older game, I'm not generally back. I don't tend to get back into it. Uh, right. Barring, like, Pokemon, 
right? Because those are kind of like, I'm not in Pokemon games for graphical fidelity, <laughs> right? Uh, but, yeah, no. Yeah, but Andromeda, I getting back into that, I was like, you know what? This If this game came out now, new, it mm-hmm. wouldn't be the best-looking game, but it's it's certainly no slouch. Um, it's I mean, certainly... Frostbite does it some, you know, some some good even oh, for yeah. out even for the problems that the team had using frostbite uh it it makes the game look nice it was yeah it was still very beautiful and honestly it was pretty smooth um i forgot how yeah how smooth the game actually did play multiplayer wise um, i would i do wish uh somebody at ea or bioware would go back to the andromeda uh code <laughs> and you know just update it for the new console so that it runs at a 60 frames you yeah know, just yeah. something that's a little nicer yeah and i mean yeah not being a coder i understand that th- that is not just you could we can say that and be like just you know just go back and make some update like yes i realize that that does take some time but mm-hmm. hey i mean they rebooted Le- the legendary edition give not necessarily don't have to give Andromeda the treatment because it is still relatively new, I guess you could say. Uh, but definitely give that multiplayer. Bring that guy back. Bring it in. It is it is solid. It is fun. It is mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah, EA, EA could have a second uh, you know, free-to-play game if they just do the Mass Effect multiplayer as a free-to-play. And oh, then, yeah. You know, they could monetize it like they do apex and all that fun stuff it would still be fun uh if you're not familiar with the mass effect multiplayer it is basically wave-based uh player versus everyone so if if you're familiar with horde mode from gears uh fire team from uh halo it is the same thing you know you you fight these enemies and once you've defeated that wave you get a little bit of cooldown and more come uh on the bronze setting in the Uh, Mass Effect multiplayer, it is seven waves. And then once you get to the harder tiers, uh, it's 10 waves. And every three waves, I believe, uh, they they throw out a mission or an objective you need to do. And unfortunately, those are timed. (laughs) But (laughs) uh, you have to do those. And then you go back to doing some survival ones. So it mixes it up a little bit so that you're not just sitting there only shooting enemies uh, you kind of got to go do something too, but it is exactly the type of game that is speaks to me <laughs> because I like being able to work as a team and fight computer players. Right. It's that I've always liked the wave slash horde mode multiplayers. Um, and mm-hmm. in general, like they just speak to me better just because I don't necessarily need the trolling of other people. <laughs> that almost- Oh yeah. It's, it's always the other people that just make it worse. Yeah. I mean, it's a very it can be a very toxic. Like, yes, multiplayer can be fun and you can make new, you know, friends and acquaintances and relationships and it's great. But just mm-hmm. as many friends and acquaintances you can make, you can meet trolls and toxic people so easily. And it's just not worth that chance in my opinion. No, I don't. I just Sometimes I've done, like, you know, uh, playing Halo Infinite, for example, uh, just doing some of the, the Battle Pass challenges and everything. It, it's fine. Uh, I haven't run into any just upsetting matches or anything because someone is just being, you know, they're, they're running the gamut or something, you know, uh, steamrolling everybody. But right. It's still enjoyable, but there are some games out there where it's like the they're either you know cheating, uh, or they're just being uh, a, a jerk. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, <laughs> great example of just people either you know modding or cheating, or they're just being assholes. You, yep. know, you go and do your your mission that you're working on, and then here just comes some guy runs you over, and you're dead, and you got to go restart the whole thing. No, I don't want, I don't find that experience great. (laughs) Well, and I find, I think a lot of people mistake um, trolling and being jerks for um, stories. So like, you know, one-off stories, like 
you can't get this story from a computer player. A computer, you know, AI is not going to create this kind of like off the wall, crazy, you know, interesting thing that happened because another another human player created this. I get that, but not everyone wants to be running on the street to go to the casino because they're just trying to get their daily thing and then get blown up 30 times because now there's a battle above the casino of four other people online that you know have, mm-hmm. have no bearing over. You don't care. You don't want to deal with them, but they just won't. They see you and you're a player and they want to shoot. They want to kill you. Like, yeah. you know, we played with our cousin. It's fun playing with her, but it's not fun playing with everyone else in the area. <laughs> Right, it's the other people that make it annoying. Uh, when there's barely anybody in there, or they leave you alone, game's great. <laughs> yeah, and I, f- I found a slight trick that will help clear out one of our, you know, when we're playing, clear out for a little bit, where it's just us, but it does eventually fill up, because it's a server that has to stay open, because if you play on, um, I forget what they call it, but private mode, basically, you can mm-hmm. do a lot of things, but you can't do like the mission, the uh, CEO missions, and the stuff that make you like the good money. <laughs> you can't do those things. Yeah, yeah. If you, they they basically uh, pigeonhole you into playing with other people, right? Uh, because if you want to earn the money to be able to buy new things or do new things, you gotta play in a open server. Right. Well, it, it reminds me of like you know. Uh, kids or, or people on like you know on the, the at a high school dance or whatever those that are just sitting and talking and then the people that are dancing come over and like force the people that are talking to dance like you you'll have fun i promise it'll be great oh stop being a lump over there it's not fun just come on dance <laughs> that, that's what i equated to <laughs> yeah and then they throw a molotov at your table and it catches on fire and you have to respawn somewhere yeah exactly respawn it's like now i gotta get my shoes again so before we get into our actual topic for today is there any other anything else you wanted to cover uh real quick uh just started today got in pokemon shining pearl got the palkia and uh nice nice i made the uh i made the stupid decision that i'm going to get a shiny palkia Okay, so I was about to ask, what did you name the Palkia? Haven't but named obviously, it yet. <laughs> you have not caught him yet because you're you're restarting every time until you get a shiny. Yes, uh, I started that today at twelve uh, ish. Twelve like noon? Maybe? Oh no, okay. no, no! Actually, it was uh, it was nine o'clock. Started doing that at nine o'clock, and uh, I just stopped. What we started this podcast. Uh, 30 minutes, uh, well, something ago. Yeah, we'll say about 30, 30-some minutes ago, yeah. Yeah, that's about when I stopped. <laughs> so, cool. Still no shiny. So, just, uh, so it's just enter the match, see he's not shiny, restart the switch, enter the match, well, boot up the game, yeah, enter boot, the match. Yeah, soft boot the game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. more power to you. I No, I can't. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I would just keep playing. I was like, okay, I don't, I don't, he's not shiny. I don't care. <laughs> I don't have that much, much invested there. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just something in my head, something in my mind's like, no, you, you can, so you should. <laughs> now, mind you, there's another way of doing uh, it. There is another way of doing it. You can beat Palkia, defeat him, not catch him, defeat him completely. Uh-huh. Beat the final of the Elite Four and the champion. And then after that, you right. can go back to Mount Coronet. And then after you've gotten the charm, the shiny charm, which makes the uh, shiny rate to like 2,000 something, I think, instead okay. of 4,096. And then you can fight him again to catch him then. Oh, so if you didn't catch him the first time. Well, yeah, if you, as long as you defeat him you can't like att- yeah you can't have caught him already you you have to defeat him yeah yeah but i yeah, they're not yeah. going to give you the option to catch two palkias well they should <laughs> because i want to <laughs> all right all right on that note <laughs> let's 
let's get into our topic for the week. So if you've if you've heard or if you haven't been living under a rock, uh, what was it, Monday, Tuesday? I think it was Monday, yeah. Uh, uh, early in the morning, like for for me, it was, you know, normal eight o'clock. But, you know, if you think about it on West Coast time, uh, it was what, five? Six? I don't I don't know. That's it's a three hour time difference. Yeah. So Microsoft had put out a press release uh in Twitter and Facebook and just a blast uh saying how they are welcoming to the family Activision, Blizzard, and King. So for I think it was sixty seven point blah blah billion dollars or 68 point some billion dollars you know at some point the number is just too big <laughs> and you lose all track of how big it actually is yeah it's just ridiculous so, it's uh yeah, so, one thing i've seen is 68.7 billion everyone's saying 69 yeah, si- it's 69 billion i mean that's a better number right right but they, they should have and then everybody could have been nice nice but but I'm sure somewhere some talks had happened. It's like we can't, we can't. <laughs> uh, but also from sixty, whatever it is, to sixty-nine, that's a couple billion. Just saying a couple billion has no impact on me. But if you were to look at how many zeros that is, holy crap, it's a lot well, of money. I mean, even to Microsoft saying you know a couple billion off, that's you know, you know these are two yeah. big companies. That's a couple billion is. At this at this juncture and in time is just you know minuscule. I mean, look how big yeah. Disney and stuff are, right? Uh, right. I mean, uh, heck, the the Marvel uh, acquisition for Disney was like only five billion or something like that, and yeah. this one is sixty some. <laughs> so I mean, that's a lot. Yep. But we're not here to talk about the monetary aspect. Uh, you know, companies have tons of money and they buy other companies all the time. What we're going to focus on here today is the consolidation of studios. Is is Microsoft buying and bringing the Activision, Blizzard, and King brands under their stable of Microsoft Game Studio stuff good for the industry or is the consolidation of everything bad? Yeah, that's, that's that key question there a key point there you know is is bringing all of these companies these uh developers under one kind of rule right a good thing and let's be real here it's not microsoft that started this right it was tencent tencent that's all you know they they've and technically tencent didn't start it either i mean everybody buys everybody Uh, at some point you're you make a lot of money you're going to buy the lower uh lower tier stuff and add them to your portfolio, quote unquote, for whether it's the people, whether it's the IP, whether it's the uh, resources, or you're, to just get them off the market. Them up. Yeah, that's a, the other one. That's another competition tactic. So, with the Microsoft one here, you know, Microsoft has built a lot of goodwill since uh, everything kind of went down with the Xbox One, and you could say, you know, they are seen as like the quote unquote the heroes in the gaming space right now. Certainly. Um, so, for you, Eric, you you hear them buying, you know, and bringing into the fold the the Activision Blizzard stuff. Uh, is is this a good move? Do you think we'll start with Fort Microsoft? Is it a good move for the Activision Blizzard folks? And is it a good move for the industry as a whole? I personally would say to the the first question, it is a great move for Microsoft, right? You mm-hmm. pull in so many properties and, and IPs that people loved and, and had, had good, good um, will towards or, or good thoughts of. 
you know, you have the Crash Bandicoot series, you know, you've Candy Crush in general for King. Um, I mean, and then yeah. the whole stable of Activision stuff, uh, stuff, Tony Hawk. Yeah. All the stuff that Activision uh, hasn't been touching in years because they've been basically a uh, Call of Duty farmhouse. Right. Just every every developer that you own work on Call of Duty stuff because that's what makes money. Right. So that's what brought they've them had the all these yeah. different. Yeah, they have all these IPs that have just been uh, in in limbo. So, yeah, I agree with you. You know, I think this is really great for Microsoft. Uh, they can, they have this wide portfolio of stuff that they can now access. And, you know, there are people on the Microsoft team, Phil Spencer uh, specifically, who they grew up with games. They You could, you know, say that they are game. He is a gamer like us. And everybody else in the management area uh, who make these types of decisions, probably about the same. Uh, so y you can imagine how excited and tickled Pinky is to have access to these different uh, IPs. To you know, hopefully we would all want them to share the love and make games under these IPs so people can you know enjoy them once again, or maybe just do remasters and re-releases until you know a new game comes out. Right. But yeah, for Microsoft, this is this is it's absolutely a win. great. It's 100% a win. Absolutely for a win. For Activision, Activision employees, 100% a win. Uh -huh. Right? Oh, yeah. So, I think for as a whole, for Activision, Blizzard and everybody, it's it's a win because you know, they're going to be folded into a work atmosphere that from all uh, from everything that people can understand just by talking to employees or you know knowing how their businesses run and everything uh, they they could come in here and not necessarily fix everything but make the work environment for everybody much better well and I, th I think what happens here is that Activision and Blizzard gets rolled into Microsoft, and it's not necessarily that there is a better working condition. It is a more structured and held accountable working condition. And not that Microsoft is perfect. No corporation is. Let's let's be mm -hmm. very clear about that, <laughs> right? No corporation right. is without their faults, and Microsoft has had their are own. Not your friend. <laughs> no, exactly. Corporations are not your friend. Uh, they are there to take your money. At the end of the day, it is yes. a business transaction. I give you money, you give me product. That's about it, right? Mm -hmm. But Activision and Activision Blizzard being rolled in with Microsoft, it gives structure, it gives stability, it it gives a more account accountability, more accounting uh, to the things that that they do. Because when Activision Blizzard yeah. was its own. Yes, they're a huge company. Yes, they did worldwide international business, but it was still very, very much seen a boys club or if you want to call it that, or just a, a smaller run kind of did their own thing, right? Microsoft, yeah. it's Very in, few at the top who make the decisions and you right. know, whether they look upon any faults that are happening underneath them positively, negatively, or ignore them. Right. Whereas Microsoft, I mean... You know, they're doing business not only in the game space, but they're doing business in all aspects of tech. So they have a different, they're held to a different standard. And if you roll into that, sure. you're being absolved into that, you are also held to that same standard. So it's going to take time. It certainly is. It can't just be fixed one and done. But I, oh, for no. the company and for the, the employees specifically, it'll be better. It's gonna hurt, I think, the unionizing um, thing that's that's happening with um, Raven Ravencroft Studio. I think is what it's called. Um, it's Raven Software. Raven Software. That's um, what it is. Yeah, I think it'll be a a, uh, a hiccup along their way. Uh, inevitably, I do believe someone somewhere uh, is gonna have full unionization and you know look out for the workers. Mm -hmm. But uh, well, this this might just be a little a sidestep in yeah. in their getting recognition as a union. Yeah, and 
see, I I am not one way or the other with the with unions. Uh, in the business that I work in, I work with I've worked with people in unions and without union, uh, not in the union, and I can see the benefits and the negatives. And there are benefits, there are negatives, and they're both very extreme. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it all depends on how the union how the union works and how they um, how they see it. If they see the union as a business, that's where you start having issues. You know, it's a business with inside of a business, and you know, you can't that causes more strife than it helps anybody. But you know, it, right. it, it's and, definitely you know, a, a tech- blip here. You're right, and technically that's beside the point. You know, yeah. we're we're looking at you know whether the actual them being under the Microsoft umbrella is helpful. And, I, and you know, we're both in agreement. I, we think it, it is. is. 100%, so for yeah. both parties, great. You know, this is, this is a great uh, acquisition. Uh, obviously for Bobby Kotick, <laughs> uh, he's going to get paid out a lot of money. Yeah, there's uh, that, uh, though, the, I guess, what's the opposite of a silver lining? <laughs> a, a golden parachute. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, there you go. A golden parachute. 100%. Yeah. So there's there really is no way that he walks away from this without a huge payday. Yeah. I mean, you know, even with reputation, if his reputation would be in shambles, what does that mean to him now, right? Yeah, he's got a lot of money. He can go work on another board somewhere, be a, not a CEO, but and just uh, be hidden. some member of some board. Yeah. And just basically earn money in the dark for the rest of his life. And no one will ever know. Yeah. And, you know, us peons will never, you know, never understand or know what, where he actually is or, or what they're, he's doing. And, you know, honestly, right. he'll probably never change because <laughs> he doesn't have oh, to. Oh, of course not. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have to. Uh, yeah. It is, that's how he, not, not grew up, but that's how, how he, he has lived his life. Yeah. So, you know, Again, you know, it's an all-boys club. When you get up to the top ranks like that, and everybody looks out for one another to make sure that no one else uh, gets lifted. Yep. So, but it is what it is. Here's where I think the most, the, the worst part about this acquisition is mm-hmm. the consumer. Um, it doesn't necessarily help us. It might help us in what the general short term for like, you know, um, having new games and stuff come out. But um, right. when you have a lot of thing, a lot of different companies <clears throat> and uh, different um, game studios under one company, mm-hmm. you know, if they're aligned with how you feel and how you, you know, what you think are worthwhile products, great. But if it doesn't, say Microsoft decides that, hey, you know, Tony Hawk really wasn't all that great. We're just not going to, we're not going to do anything with it. Like what Activision did, right? And they start shelving things that maybe people like. Or they turn them into something different. Um, You have no recourse to that. They own it, so. Yeah, they own it. They have it. But what also, in my opinion, that does is that so much buying up of stuff, uh, you know, obviously lowers um, competition. And in right. a business, in a market, you know, with product, let's look at EA and Madden. Hey, I love Madden. It's, I do. Yeah. But no football competition has made that game so stale. So stale. Oh, yeah. It, it's fun so, to play just because it's a football game. But um, I can't play it for more than a few games because it's, yeah. there's nothing to it. No one's, no one's so, fighting them to make it better. So to... To, to go along with your point here, um, it, it's, you know, I can see it being bad for the consumer, but I can also see a benefit for the consumer in, in two ways. Uh, first way is that typically when mergers like this happen, you know, some people don't come along. Uh, right. Some people would rather, you know, do their own thing or they figure, well, this is a good time to leave and go start my own stuff. So, with mergers like this, a lot of the time, you will get brand new studios. And with brand new studios comes new IP or just new work environment, uh, a new group of people or a, a group of people who's worked together and now they're on this new thing. So 
you could say it creates jobs. Uh, you could say it creates more content. So there is that option out there that, you know, that could happen. Uh, the other thing that it helps the consumer with is, you know, like we were saying earlier, you know, Microsoft's got this big catalog now to pull from, and they're not afraid to go and try new things. They've, they've pulled uh, classics out of their vault to either remaster, redo, or just, you know, make a sequel to. I mean, shoot, uh, they've got the whole backwards compatibility thing where they've gone through as many of the 360, uh, as many of the Xbox original games to make them run super well on a Series X and S. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're not sitting there just scratching their heads like, what do we do with all this? They understand that, you know, people care and people do enjoy these older games. So why not make them run the best that they can? So with this huge IP portfolio that they have, I could totally see them adding stuff to the Game Pass service, bolstering that up, which is probably why this whole, you know, purchase went into the first place oh, just yeah. to give them more content. 100%. Uh, I guarantee that was their their main goal. And I mean honestly, yeah. well, I had mentioned to some friends that I was talking about when I the whole Blizzard Activision Bobby Kotick thing happened, I was like what what's going to happen is their stock is going to tank and someone bigger is going to get by them or break them up after the yeah. after their stocks tank because because it's just going to be easy at that point. And I'm when I heard it, of Microsoft buying Activision, I was shocked in general. But then I went, "Yeah, that yeah. makes sense." <laughs> oh yeah, it was very. It's very shocking because you know you have this large third party who, for over the years, has just been like this major player in every- different uh, different games and different genres. Right. You know, Call of Duty, Guitar Hero, Tony Hawk, uh, Skylanders. Mm-hmm. You know, you say these names, and these were like tent poles at one point or now <laughs> so uh you you don't th- you don't think of one without thinking video games <laughs> yeah. in some aspect aspect yeah exactly yeah so you know for the consumer i think it's also a good thing uh because it just hopefully brings out more variety now granted all of this stuff is just speculative you know you we're not going to be able to say Microsoft is definitely going to do this or that. But based off of track record, you can assume, you know, things could happen this way. Right. You can extrapolate with what they've done previously and what they, and I mean, Spencer is not, he's not a young spry chicken, but he's certainly not, you know, up there in age where, you know, he's only got a few good years left. He's, he's got a, a ways to go. So I think, um, his vision uh, for Xbox, because let's be real, he, you know, he's the Xbox division head, right? I think he, they, he just named he, he the is, title or something. He is CEO of Xbox yeah. Game Studios so, or Xbox Services or whatever their title is. He And it basically, anybody with Xbox in their name, uh, job title, reports to him. Right. <laughs> so, you know, he's not, he he's at Microsoft, but he is still, a, he's a major player in Microsoft. Yeah. You know, but he's, I, he's I definitely think, not big boy Microsoft. <laughs> I, I think the 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 only person higher than he is, I think he reports directly to uh, Microsoft CEO. Uh, I can never pronounce the name right. Nadalia, Nadalia. Yeah, I don't. I I know you don't. I don't. I forget it. Uh, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy up the top. Right. I and, think he, Spencer reports directly to him. That's how high on the uh you know the the food chain he is. Right. But that's that's how I mean, you know, me working in the business I work in, that's that's just how corporations work, right? You know, you've got you yeah. as as the CEO of a overall company, you cannot by any means maintain every facet of the company. You must you need to have you need to have a substructure. So yes, I, I he may not be the top guy, but he's you know up there. But like I said, that's that's the thing is he he's not. He is not the overall calling the shots. So at some point, he could be told and instructed, yeah, that's not the way we're going. As long as this Xbox thing, right, makes the money and 
flows the way mm-hmm. and maintains self maintains itself, uh, it can work out. But knowing corporations and just knowing that structure, when things can start sliding and backsliding and falling in a way that doesn't look great, you know, at the end of the day, he can be told what to do. And that's not just from the CEO. That's also from a board, right? He can be told what to do or what not to do or what he right. can and can't so, do and all that jazz. Right. So what, um, I guess with, with all that said, what, what is the concern there? So my, con- my concern there is that like with something like Activision or you know, a, a separate company who is their own dev, right? The top of the line CEO ends at the gaming aspect where, you know, that's what they do. Whereas the top, top of the line, the CEO, the end, end, end all be all say all of Microsoft isn't necessarily always going to be a gaming minded person. Isn't always going to be that person in the gaming space where they may see a value to it. Right. So, so I guess, well, I, I guess I'm just trying to, what is the concern boiled down? Like, are you worried that uh, because he has someone else that he can report to, the person up top can tell him, don't make Call of Duty? Me, I wouldn't care for Call of Duty, <laughs> but yes. Like well, that I'm just kind using of, that as an example. Yeah, that, that kind of thing can in, instinct, uh, can in general happen. Um, I don't think it'd be that drastic or that pin actually honestly i don't think it's that pinpointed or poignanted but you know if things slide which you know it looks great it's an upswing right now everything looks good for microsoft uh mm-hmm. xbox division but you know that can knowing business that can change literally in a day you know it it can slide and it can change yeah. and it can it can slide drastic you know when you start hemorrhaging money and and followers or whatever you know corporations do a lot of the well let's just cut ties or let's let's drop it off and put money elsewhere like not to say that that's going to happen but it certainly is still a possibility whereas in a smaller sense of like a lot of smaller studios they're not making these big budget games but they're making good games and they're making Mm -hmm. because it's what they know and if they start hemorrhaging they can't just sell off they, I mean, they could sell to a company, right, a bigger company, but the majority of the time so, they'll create and and that that you know uh, necessity is a mother of invention. So, are you just in a roundabout way? Then, are you are you trying to say that the concern for the consumer is that they may not get the games that they want, or or and. Uh, that the employees of these corporations could get laid off because of, you know, changing tides or uh, management decisions. I think is that the is that the end goal of the of what you're trying to say? It the end the end goal of what I'm trying to say is is the first one. It's more of um, what is seen as valuable. So like what we all think Microsoft could do or should do or may do in making certain mm-hmm. types of games or, or properties may not seem valuable uh, to Microsoft. It just may seem more, you know, I don't, for lack of a better term, shovelware, right, to them. And, uh, you know, they may not think, well, man, there's not enough base there for us to do anything with, so let's just can it. So, so I, I get the concern. The, the only thing with that is right now, uh, the gaming division for Microsoft is doing very well, yes. like, as you said. Um, and the the reason, uh, you know, Phil Spencer has just so much you know, say in power is because he's led them with real good decisions here and there to be able to bolster uh, everything up. And I don't know the figures or anything, but I keep hearing uh, other people speculate, not speculate, but say things that like the Xbox division is one of the higher divisions within Microsoft right now. It's not the highest, obviously, because you still have Windows and Word and things like that, but it is up there. It's not like how uh, Sony has the the PlayStation division, which is like 90% of their company at this point. Uh, It's basically their company, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
where everything else is kind of like losing money, but the PlayStation brand uh, is just like steamrolling. It you know it makes money. Well, I mean, and that's pretty evident. And like you know, you look at how Sony is out using their camera technology in gaming. Like they are now seeing, mm-hmm. hey, this is what's making us the money. Um, let's let's put other divisions into this. So they're using their camera technology for their VR stuff, the new VR headset that's coming out. So like. Uh, they have like the right. eye tracking and, and just, everything. It's like pretty crazy, right? And that just goes to show how you know uh, how important the gaming division is to Sony, just like how important the gaming division would be or is to to Microsoft. Yeah, you know, for Microsoft, they don't really care if you have the box; they want you to have the service because that's what they're focusing on is the Game Pass. Right. And for all these new acquisitions, new IPs, and everything. Uh, you know, it's like with Bethesda as well, you you're bolstering that library. You know, what I could see uh, the team at Microsoft wanting to happen is Game Pass is on your Xbox, Game Pass is on your PC, Game Pass is on your TV maybe with the streaming from the cloud, Game Pass is on your Switch and on your PS5. So ideally, that's where they want to go with it. They want you to be able to play your games anywhere. You know whether or not that ever actually happens. You know, there's business things behind it. Oh yeah. You know. and, but and I, that's where they want to go. Right. I get it. They, and this whole you know purchase is 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 for that. Is to have that. Right. So I could see it as a win for the consumers. And I could I would say that in in a general sense, but I still think that there is you you can't it, it can't be a general yes. It is a win. Um, overall. Oh yeah, well, you have things to, are yet to be seen. Yeah, yeah, things are still coming out. But I mean, look—you have to look at Microsoft. At the end of the day, they were not, and still are not, really Microsoft as a company, the hero, right? Xbox may be the hero of the gaming division, but Microsoft is still a very much a company that makes you pay for your operating system on your computer, which should be free. This this you already paid uh, for this device. The operating system should be free. So, uh, okay, it's a subscription company. That's that's really what it boils down to, and I, and that's why well, yes. they want Xbox to be on every on all the platforms because they're they look for that subscription. Um, and yeah, right. You gotta I'm, just, make money, I'm but. just saying, like uh, Windows Eleven is free, and if you have a computer, unless you're building your own. Uh, you don't have to buy it. And that's kind of been Windows, you know, um, MO, I guess you could say, for a while now. If you have a previous like, Windows, yes. Yeah, if you have a previous Windows, previous installation, even going all the way back uh, through the upgrades from, you know, 95 to 98 to 2000 to XP to, you know, uh, as long as you've got that code, that uh, serial number, Right. You can get these newer upgrades. And then if you buy a computer with it already installed on there, you can just get the upgrades. Uh, so it, it, you're only buying a copy of Windows if you're just starting from scratch. Which is what I've done up until recently. <laughs> because I can't, yeah. I just can't justify shelling out the money for an operating system anymore. Oh. But um, yeah, right. I mean, I've always built my own computers from scratch. Uh, because I, you know, when I know how to do it and it generally tends to be cheaper. Yeah, because you can piece things together. Yeah. But that's kind of getting side, but, you know, off yeah, the track. Just, uh, <laughs> so I guess, you know, in general, you know, we, we're looking at this as it's a win for Microsoft. It's a win for the the employees and the company for Activision, Blizzard, and King. Yeah. And it's still yet to be seen whether this is a win for the consumer it's contentious. You know, things can change at any moment. I think it's good with some potentially, caveats. you know, uh, caveats here and there. But, you know, time will tell. Well, I mean, look at what my my biggest worry is muddling, um, a muddying of like product um, of output. I mean, I go into, and this is a weird tangent, but go, go into like, you know, um, the uh, detergent, laundry detergent, like world and, and cleaning products, like 
there's like I think what the big three or four companies that truly own everything. And you can't buy Ooh, yeah. a mean, product without buying it from one of those three or four companies. And then it, things are getting to the, the point where like, hey, these two things used to be two separate two very separate things. And now I'm realizing the packaging's the same, the the writing and language is the same, the product almost itself looks the same. But why am mm -hmm. I paying two different prices for it? Right. Well, I mean, th that's just that's just uh <laughs> Capitalism, <laughs> That's, you know, that is big fish eating the small fish, making the small fish the do as I say. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it is having two brands and one being the economy brand and one being the luxury brand, just so that they can try to pull the most money out of somebody. Uh, or you know, people in general, yeah. but you know that's that's neither here nor there. That that's just how business is in in U.S. world, but. U.S. specifically. Well, on that note, I think uh, we've talked a lot today. <laughs> so let's go ahead. We'll end this first episode and uh, just uh, kind of wrap things up. So I want to thank everybody for joining us today, lending your ears to our lovely voices. Uh, if you enjoyed our conversation, Please visit savingcontent.com for more podcast magic over on the Quick Save podcast, our sister podcast. And while you're browsing the site, why not take a look at all the latest news and reviews that we have going up? I'm not sure what's going up this week or anything. I know I've got a slate of things I'm working on. Uh, just recently, I put out a review for Paparazzi, a game about taking pictures of dogs. And it's cute and fun. Uh, also on Game Pass. So if uh, if you have Game Pass, there's no reason not to try it out. Uh, you can read my review. I gave it... You know what? I'm not even going to say what I gave it. You can go read it. Uh, but uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so on Twitter at savingcontent.com. Oh, at savingcontent. Forget the .com part. Uh, finally... Be sure to subscribe to us in your podcast feed of choice. And if you like the show, tell your friends, you know, help us grow. We, me and Eric, would really appreciate it. Word of mouth, baby. Gotta bring up the grassroots campaign. Yeah. So I want to thank you all for listening today. And remember, kindness, it costs us nothing, but it means everything. Mm -hmm.